Welcome to the Mornings with Sue and Andy podcast for Friday, November 25th. We begin with our weekly conversation with Mayor Jyoti Gondek. This week, we discuss the ongoing issue of violence and crime on Calgary Transit, specifically at LRT stations. We asked the mayor what plans the city has to address the issue to make transit users feel safe while using the service. Why does Alberta Justice Minister Tyler Shandra want RCMP Commissioner Brenda Lucky dismissed? We'll discuss the comments made by Minister Shandro and what may be behind them with Doug King, Professor of Justice Studies at Mount Royal University. And finally, are you seeking out those Black Friday deals or gearing up for Cyber Monday? We discuss why many Canadians are opting to cut back on holiday spending with Sarah Stashu from Bromwich and Smith Debt Solutions Specialists. The topic that I uh, did talk about a second ago, I want to get right into it with Mayor Jyoti Gondek, and that is safety on our... Uh, transit in general, and particularly at the C-Train stations. We have Mayor Jyoti Gondek on the line. Good morning to you. Thank you for joining us. Good morning, Andy and Sue. How are you? Good, good. That, that headline I read from the Herald, Flare Gun Sets Man on Fire in Wild Brawl at Marlborough C-Train Station. I was talking with our producer, Mornings with Sue and Andy, Reese Schaefer. When this incident first came down, we were kind of both shocked to hear that this happened in Calgary, but at the same time, maybe not so shocked, and that's unfortunate because we've been talking about violence and safety on public transit for months now, Madam Mayor, and not just with you, but also with Chief Mark Newfeld. So uh, I think the time for talk is over. Can, can you give us some confidence that, that something is going to be done about this? Absolutely. I can tell you that Chief and I were both incredibly hopeful back in October. I think it was the 1st of October. We had a major announcement from the provincial government that they would be uh, deploying funds to cities to help with things like mental health and addiction strategies and public safety And one of the the best parts of that announcement was that we would be able to strengthen our transit security and we're just waiting on those funds to be dispersed so we can get people out. Uh, And we need to make sure that we have the right type of authority at those stations, the right type of officer that can take care of incidents like this. You're right. We can't just talk about this anymore. We have been working in partnership with other orders of government and with the police service to uh, to take some steps to make things better for transit riders. Yeah, I mean, you know, Calgary, Calgary Transit's really never come back with the same numbers after the pandemic because I think a lot of people are just really frightened with what's going on. I wouldn't let my kids ride transit at this point. I don't know if you would. So I think it's really important that this happens. But more than that, I guess that's a big part of the budget discussions right now. How do we come up with enough money to, you know, have enough officers to be able to take care of the problems that we're seeing in the city right now? that was one of the biggest things that we've been looking at in this budget. There's, there's just not enough in there for resources for transit safety. Uh, there's not enough in there to encourage people to come back and take transit. The frequency is not there. Um, you know, the, the strengthening of the system isn't there. So um, we've got some pretty tough decisions before us today on the last day of deliberations. And people's safety and security is absolutely critical. The, the thing is, we're saying people aren't taking transit uh, because they're not coming to work or it's not safe, we've got to provide them the right kind of transit environment to get them back. That's the future of the city. Now let's talk to you about the challenges of putting something like this, the four-year budget plan, in this economic environment with the affordability, with the uh, inflation, rising cost of living. This has got to be maybe the most challenging that uh, Council has, mm-hmm. has faced. It is. got to tell you, it's hard to explain the situation as well. So people know that if their income goes up, if they get a raise, that they're going to be paying more in income tax because they're making more money. Our problem is that income tax is swapped out for the value of your property. So if the value of your property goes up, you're going to be paying more in taxes. But that's 
a market condition. So people need to understand that the value of the average residential property went up about 14%. We're trying to make sure your taxes are not going up in that manner. Yeah, it's certainly a big discussion. I know you can't get into the details or specifics while the budget debates continue, but how have discussions been going over the past few days as, as you work towards this finalization? I have to tell you, the highlight was listening to 125 members of the public who all came with incredibly compelling perspectives and shared their lived experience and said, we need your help at this point in time. We need you to make sure that we have accessibility in our city, that we have mobility options, that we are taking care of people who are unhoused, that we are not forgetting that although you can have a business-friendly budget, you also need to have one that takes care of the people who live in this city. So it's um, going to be quite a discussion today. Mayor Gondek, uh, yes, you're right. I'd like to be a fly on the wall now. Thank you for your time this morning and uh, have a great weekend. Thank you. You as well. That is Calgary Mayor Jyoti Gondek. Alberta Justice Minister Tyler Shandro says RCMP Commissioner Brenda Lucky's leadership is damaging to the National Police Force. Joining us to talk about that and whether it has anything to do with the fact the UCP government wants to bring in its own provincial force. We're chatting this morning with Doug King, Professor of Justice Studies at Mount Royal University. Good morning to you, Professor. Thanks for being with us. Good morning. Okay, do you think this has something to do with what the UCP is after in terms of bringing in a police force in the province of Alberta to replace the RCMP? You know, I think think it's very hard to to understand why the minister came out and made the comments. Um, He came out afterward when asked if it had anything to do with the provincial police agency, and he said no, it didn't, and it was just largely... uh, his assessment of the leadership that Commissioner Lucky was uh, providing it, it was an it was an odd statement in many ways because you couldn't really tell if he was speaking on his behalf as on behalf of the government and the timing was was I thought just really unusual the the evening before uh, the premier made a you know very newsworthy announcement. And then the Minister of Justice kind of steps on it by making his own announcement. So I think it's really difficult to understand what, what the purpose of, the, of his comments were. Well, the purpose, uh, you know, when you talk, Professor, you know, the strategy perhaps, that's one thing that we have a question mark surrounding it. But the criticism, when we give any criticism, you, you look at it and, and where it's coming from. Uh, but is it, is it validated, the criticism that has been laid upon the Commissioner? Well, you know, I think it, um, Commissioner Lucky's last couple of years have been very, um, um, a lot of, of questions have been raised about her leadership. It goes all the way back to the Nova Scotia shootings and the, trage- <clears throat> excuse me, the tragedy that came out of that. Um, and was she, um, you know, interfering on behalf of the government to get information? And then what's coming out of this um, inquiry into the the whole Emergencies Act declaration. Um, it's very unclear what she told uh, the ministers of the Crown um, as to whether or not she thought the RCMP thought that they needed to you know, go all the way with the Emergencies Act. And then yesterday it comes out that once it was enacted, that she was recommending that it go uh, past two weeks past when the government actually uh, withdrew it. So I think uh, there's some real questions about um, 
her relationship with with uh, with the ministers of the crown, the federal ministers of the crown, and is she playing them, or is she just kind of uh, going with the wind, whichever the way the wind is blowing, but she kind of moves that way. Professor, changing topics a little bit, uh, data from Stats Canada showing Canada's murder rate reaching new heights. So what do you believe or see is maybe behind the uptick in violence across Canada? Is it a coincidence coming out of the pandemic? Yeah, well, I don't think so, no. Uh, and I think when you dig into the into the data a little bit more, the homicide rates and the number of homicides seem to be increasing just in Ontario and uh, Quebec. Uh, so, for example, the homicides and the homicide rate here in Alberta has actually dropped. Calgary has dropped significantly. So there's, uh, I think there's that. We can't kind of make it a, a cross-Canada phenomena. So there are things that are going on in, in Quebec and Ontario. And what's linked into that is the number of gang-related homicides that have increased in those two provinces. And they've actually dropped here in Alberta you know, from 20, uh, 2020 to 2021. So we always have to remember we're currently now coming to the end of 2022. So we'll want to see what's happening, you know, what the end results of this year are across Canada. But I think you can say that uh, overall, um, you know, the likelihood of someone being um, victim of homicide in Canada is extremely low. And as police always say, they are generally either targeted uh, offenses or that they are the real, the unfortunate reality of interpersonal um, uh, anger and frustration and those kinds of things. So I don't think there's any reason to panic, uh, particularly here in Alberta. But um, you just have to keep track of the numbers. Speaking with uh, Professor Doug King of Justice Studies at Mount Royal University, back to the gang piece Professor King, if we did remove the gang-related murders in Canada from the stats, how would our murder rate compare to other nations? Well, you know, if if we remove the gang-related statistics, the, the statistics would likely be, uh, so typically what we look at is the uh, homicide rate, not the numbers, as the homicide rates take into account the growth of a po- in population. But if you take away the gang-related uh, homicides, uh, we are very similar to the homicide rates we were uh, back uh, 20, 30 years ago. So uh, there's no doubt the gang-related homicides are driving the overall increases, and it's um, something that's been happening uh, certainly for the last 20 years or so. We seem to have, as much as it may not be as bad as in other jurisdictions, we certainly have a a bit of a a gun violence, whether it's gang-related or not, problem here in Calgary. But what do we do about gang violence across the country? Are are there some things that maybe that need to be done that are are being overlooked here? Well, uh, for the most part, you know, you can't prevent gangs from occurring. You basically have to suppress them once they get um, get up up and running. Now, uh, gangs are... You know, the Calgary Police Service, for example, doesn't like to use the word gang. They want to use the word criminal organization. And that's a comes out of the Criminal Code of Canada definition. Bottom line is you have to go after what they are, where, where they're making their money and why they're doing what they're doing. And that ultimately comes down to the uh, distribution, importing and distribution of illegal uh, substances and legal, legal drugs. 
guns, prostitution, and those kinds of things. And it takes a sophisticated police agency to be able to do that. It's not as easy as just, you know, patrolling the streets, you need intelligence and all of those kinds of things. So, you know, uh, and particularly at this time of year in Calgary, when police budgets are on the table and those kinds of things, now's not the time to be trimming a police budget. Um, we've made that mistake too often in the past, and it's, it's always catch-up. So the first thing is make sure you hire enough police officers and then uh, get them sufficient training to allow them to do the job that they need to do. Professor King, thanks for your insight this morning. We appreciate it. Thank you. Bye-bye. Doug King, professor of justice studies at Mount Royal University. Do you plan to shop till you drop this Black Friday or Cyber Monday? Or is inflation and looming recession uh, hampering your holiday plans? Joining us to discuss is Sarah Stashu, public relations and communications specialist at Bromwich and Smith Debt Solution Specialists. Good morning to you, Sarah. Good morning, Andy. What can we expect, Sarah, to see on this side of the border? Are Canadians going to be tightening the purse strings this holiday season, or will shoppers be rushing to cash in on these deals? Yeah, so what we're hearing from this recent study out from Deloitte is that Canadians are actually looking to drop their holiday shopping about 17% this year. That tells us that people are struggling to make ends meet. They're trying to figure out with inflation and all the rising rates how to avoid the temptations of spending this Mm. holiday season. Oh, it's so hard, isn't it? They give us so many enticing deals. Uh, Sarah, do we have any stats on whether Cyber Monday is more popular than Black Friday, or what do you think on that one? You know what? What we're seeing is it's kind of that whole silly spending season in general. It kind of started with back-to-school shopping, and honestly, it's never really ended. Back up in Canada versus in the States, we see that Black Friday is gaining popularity over the years. But the sales continue well on through Boxing Day, right? So we kind mm-hmm. of see a mix of it up here. You think that that has diminished the, the, the day, not just the Friday for Black Friday or Cyber Monday, the fact that it used to be just a, a very limited window, but now it does seem to be like a 10-day period of sales? Oh, for sure. I think it's a great way for the uh, retailers to kind of push that spending season onto shoppers. And, you know, as consumers, we have this fear of missing out, especially during these sales of wanting to get in on the best deals possible. All right, Sarah, let's put you on the spot. Inflation, affordability, obviously big issue for the majority of Canadians. Any advice to help consumers avoid that financial holiday stress? Oh, for sure. I mean, one thing that's really important is to realize what's right for your budget and your personal financial situation. We're not trying to keep up with the neighbors. We're not trying to go tit for tat for who's spending other things. We also have to kind of keep in mind um, where our means are. So we kind of say right now, try not to use your credit cards, right? If you live on a cash diet and you're spending cash or debit at the stores, you're more likely to stay within your budget. You're not going to go over on things that you actually can't afford. But if you are going to use a credit card this holiday season, make sure that you have the right credit card. Make sure it's working for you. You have cash rewards coming back or miles that you can use towards other purchases or other items later on. Sarah, thanks so much for your time this morning. Uh, Very timely. Thanks for having me. That is Sarah Stashu, Public Relations and Communication Specialist, Bromwich and Smith, Debt Solution Specialist. It'd be fine for me to turn my nose up and say, you know what, I'm not taking part in these Black Friday sales because I already did earlier last weekend with the Black Friday deals already on. Mm -hmm. So, so yeah, they did, to to, uh, Sarah's point, she said, yeah, an extension 
of the shopping season. We don't want to be too commercial. This was not for, for Christmas. It was for household stuff we needed, right? But I uh, I would never think I'm going to go and stand in the mall on Friday. Well, they did get me last weekend. Yeah. So you know what I mean? Like I would not want to go today. There's no way. I just think it's smart. You know, if you're buying Christmas presents anyway and tough times are tough, why not get some of the, your gifts that you're going to be buying anyway at a lower price? Or, you know, there are certain things and certain times that you have to buy a present Maybe. So if you can save a few bucks while doing it, why wouldn't you? Um, But I have started doing what she was talking about at the end there. I use my debit card for everything now. Unless I know I have the cash sitting in my bank. For example, I bought some furniture too. I had the money ready. I put it on my card so I could get my points, PC financial points to spend on food. And then I paid it off right away. That's, yeah, you're getting But otherwise... If I don't have the cash in my bank account, then I'm not buying it right now. And I've never lived that way, but I'm I'm trying it, and it makes you think every time you spend. Yeah, absolutely. You know, that instant gratification yep. type thing. Uh, yeah, I agree with you 100% there. And I've got the ultimate, just before we go to traffic here, the ultimate quote that I saw on Facebook here about Black Friday, Friday shopping. Yeah. A lot of us can take some advice from this. Black Friday savings tip. Stay home and save 100%. <laughs> Excellent advice.